this episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip Electric Toothbrushes. Sent to your home every three months with brush head refills. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you will get your first brush head refill for free, giving you those good, good, fresh bristles. That is tryquip.com slash thumbs. Wow. Just rolled right through that like you don't even care. You don't give a fuck. I'm going to roll through this podcast like I do care. Oh, okay. Like I don't give a fuck. But I care. I'm cultivating a thing where I simultaneously really, really care, but I don't give a fuck. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you just seemed to not notice what was happening uh, in your peripheral vision. I mean, I saw that Nick was sort of like flickering big and small. <laughs> yeah. Which is... You have to choose your Nick. That's how I internalize Nick general is that he flickers big and small. Sele- mm. Select your Nick. Yeah. Uh, oh. That's like That's like William Blake or something. It's like the tiger burning, bro. Nick oh, Flicker, yeah. big and small. It, it <laughs> means a lot. It, it means so much. <laughs> it's got such a nuanced meaning. I think all of us who know Nick Brecken well mm. really get it. <laughs> we just <laughs> really, really get it. Yeah. Nick. Keep on flickering, Nick. I'm always flickering. Keep flickering, flickering, baby. Flickering, Flicker, Nick. big and small. Flicker and Nick. Flick is one of those words that if you write it a certain way, it looks like fuck, which is all mm. the appropriate, all the more appropriate. All mm. the appropriate flick, flick Nick. Nick. Fuck, flick Nick. Fuckering big and small. <laughs> <laughs> You're referring, of course, to, I, I mean, it's not, he's not really small Nick. I think it's, it's Nick and bigger Nick. That's true. <laughs> and <Yeah>. Nick. Nick. <laughs> That's in the legends continuity. Yep. What the fuck? God, this shit is stupid. This podcast just writes itself. It really is just podcast. What's that? You want? You want? You want right Nick now? Badly. I want right Nick. Yeah. (laughs) Or left Nick. I want good Nick and bad Nick. Oh my god. What earlier we had? Oh, we were talking about robot. Fuck us all. We were talking about robot Nick last week. And multiple people wrote in oh, yeah. saying we're talking about, about Dr. Robotnik. Dr. Robotnik, uh, yeah. yeah. <sighs> hey, guys. Hi, Jake. Hey. That's how we start the show now. Hi. <laughs> I, mean, I figured if you're the one who thought about how we're going to start the show, you'd have somewhere to go from there. Oh, no. Yeah. I just like saying, hey, guys, and then you saying, hi. <laughs> well, here we are now in the show. Chris, I like this. <laughs> Hi. I like we keep this going. A yes Hello. and hi. <laughs> longer, longer than you think, apparently, because we're <laughs> pathetic losers. Uh, Destroy me. We are, Chris. Don't worry. Yeah, we are. It's January 18th. 2018 and this is important if true for idle thumbs i am chris remo i'm nick brecken hi <laughs> hi i'm jake rodkin oh hi jake rodkin hey. oh hi hey. oh hi hi guys welcome welcome hi hey. hey hi welcome to this podcast hello hey I got a haircut last night. Oh wow! Oh, and that Congrats. means that I so thank you, thank you, Nick. That means that I saw our friend Landis, uh, the person who cuts my hair, and for a longer period of time, cut Nick Brecken's hair before you absconded to Canada. That's true. And I'm trying to hold on and, and see if I can wait. Uh, oh man! You know, oh, another, really? another few weeks, maybe fly in. Oh shit! Uh, Are you get, doing get Canada the good Landis hair? content? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. In the absence of doing your Canada beard. Yeah. Which you already have seemed to have implicitly yes. ruled out by shaving. Uh, yeah, I'm into that. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that you come back to your barber. I haven't cut this hair since. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I guess it's slightly shaggy. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, right. You're a mess now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah if I was doing it for real, I would just have like leaves in my hair, and you know. But no, it's just. Uh, 
It's just you were doing it for longer. real. You'd have leaves in your hair. Well, you know, I come that's down literally from the, do the opposite of doing it for real. That's adding leaves to your hair to yeah, create an effect. Are you? Yeah. Is this some kind of like <laughs> flower child thing? I'm, like, I'm just saying. Well, I would you go see, roll around on the ground. You see, I'm in Canada. Oh well, yeah. It's, so, if you're going to San Francisco to return to your old barber, but want uh, to really act up right. the fact that you were in Canada, that part is all put in parentheses, and then hair. put flowers in your hair as in a second set of parentheses. I couldn't find any flowers. Dried leaves. I put leaves in there. <laughs> you know, like the song. Is yeah. this what you say to everyone when they ask why you have leaves in your... You know, like the song. Yeah. And you go, well, I've been living in Canada. <laughs> and then you give <laughs> them go, a really oh, knowing look and they're like, yeah. uh, oh, what does okay. that mean? Is that like a sex thing? What? Is, <laughs> I mean, I'm just imagining if you show up with like disheveled leafy hair and then you're like, well... You're you imagining know, that's a you sex know, thing? No, I mean, you know, up in Canada... Things are a little different there. Chris has very weird... uh, Chris was raised to believe that Canada was really (laughs) fucked up. Well, I mean, the old... I mean... The first thing Nick Brecken said when we asked him how it's going up there, he's like, everyone's fucking weird and angry or whatever you said about Canada. (laughs) So I don't know. Things could be all sorts of confusing up there. That's true. Yeah. They, their desires are unconventional. <laughs> They're showing him. <laughs> so you went to you went to Landis, I but you Landis I, I uh, now my picture no. of what that means is very different. Well, yeah, yeah, this is a, this is a completely different. So Landis's only points but, of reference now for me are tell story about poo and bag, right? And yeah. also you just create very strange hair situations yeah, to well, lie was, to her about well, your life. I went in there with a bunch of leaves in my hair and she's oh, like, like oh, sex thing. I see mm. you've been hanging out with Nick and then she yeah. winked at me sort of suggestively. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No, the, the, the last time I left Landis though, I feel like she had told me a story that I said to her, you have to tell this to Chris uh-huh. and that's where we left it. Oh, fuck. I don't know what that is. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. shit. Damn. Okay. Unless well, anyway, do, this, say what you were going to say. But I don't think so. It would be this would be temporarily difficult. So okay. I went there last night, and you know we're just talking about whatever. And then she's like, "Oh, do you know about this this game HQ?" And I was like, "Oh, oh God. I totally, I totally know about <laughs> HQ. Uh, we talked about it on our podcast last week because she knows about the podcast because of her uh, appearance on it by way of that poo yeah. story from whatever episode that was." And um, and I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of know what HQ is. I haven't played it, but I'm I'm aware of it." And Nick was, you know, talking about it on the podcast last week, and 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 uh, and she's like, "Oh, well, you should know that um, there's this uh, my client, Landis's client. She is she like won HQ, and <laughs> she's like really excited. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, she's this woman who like got to the final round of HQ and got the like thought she got the last answer wrong so she like started crying because she was so invested in this thing <laughs> and then realized she actually got it right and flipped out and there's a video on the internet that like went viral of this woman winning $11.30 oh in <laughs> HQ and ju- on the beach and just <laughs> flipping the fuck out like she went absolutely bananas i i sent you guys this video um, which I had not seen until this morning. Landis was just telling me about it last night. And she's like, yeah, and that's my client. And she she's just gets like super emotional about everything. And she's just a very emotional person. And then the, the host of HQ, this guy, Scott, who Nick, you talked about last week, then tweeted that, like retweeted that video of her freaking out and named her the HQT of the year. And then now there's another video of her seeing his tweet and like breaking down into tears and freaking out <laughs> okay. over Jesus this, Christ. over this. And then she was invited onto the Ellen show because her video like went viral. And then there's her like meeting Ellen and who is apparently her favorite person in the entire world. Um, and so Lan- the reason this all connected to Landis is because Landis had to like touch up her hair coloring and stuff right. in preparation for her appearance on the Ellen show. Wow. Um, That's incredible. So That's so crazy, Landis yeah. is now actually one of the 45 brains. Landis is like a meme nexus. Landis is totally a nexus of our podcast yeah. because another thing that, Nick, I don't even know if we've we mentioned. So like two episodes, I think, ago, um, mm-hmm. you told an absolutely outrageous story about our former yes. roommate. Oh, about the cocaine smuggling model ship. Yeah. Landis's friend, 
lives with Brandon in our old apartment. Yeah. Which I don't, Jake, I don't know if that had been relayed. <laughs> no. So Landis like spends time in our old apartment in proximity to our Did you tell old, her that that ship is potentially full of cocaine? Oh, I forgot to tell her about the, about the cocaine situation. <laughs> she knows, she knows. She, oh, knows. she knows, yeah, okay. Oh, I'm yeah, sure we've, we've, we've swapped branded stories before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, so all of this happens. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. That's fascinating. The, yeah, Nick was talking all about HQ and how he got super into it and he got super competitive in it and, and it sort of ruined his life and turned him into a neurotic mess. Um, and and she was like, oh, really? Like he he like got into it? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if you know this about Nick, but Nick like needs to win things. Like Nick needs to when Nick like gets involved in a competitive thing, he has to prove superiority and, and be the winner. And she's like, oh, that makes so much sense. And I was like, what do you mean that makes so much sense? And then she <laughs> was like, well, Nick was in here a few months ago. And I was, you know, we were talking about stuff and I was telling him about when I was a kid and I watched this show called like The Elephant Show <laughs> or something. <laughs> and there was this song, Skidamarinka Dinky Dink. And I just like, wait, loved the it Sharon Lois and Bram's elephant and, show. Okay. And, and Nick was like, <laughs> Nick was like, that's, that wasn't a show. That was from Sesame street. Mm. And, and wow, you could not be more wrong, but that's okay, Nick. <laughs> and, and she was like, we had this whole, you know, like hour of argument about this. And by the end of the time, Nick had convinced oh. me yeah. that it was Sesame Street and my parents had lied to me for my yeah. entire childhood. I blew apart her entire worldview. And she, was, she, she was and completely destroyed. Allowed me to invent this fictional <laughs> thing called the elephant show that wasn't <laughs> real and had like to protected my fragile child psyche this is by enshrining me within this like false reality and what's <laughs> and great about it that's what's completely great about it false is, that is completely false what's, that's what's the show that, she's describing exists 100 unimportant 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 oh my what's god great about it, what's great about it is that she never fact-checked it herself i could well, have let said, that go on forever she said okay well here let me tell you how what happened there according to her she then said the whole like rest of the week she would ask her other clients when they came in yes. and be like, do you know what this is? And they're just like, I don't know. I just don't really know. I don't really have any memory of any of this at all. And yeah. so she was like, well, he must have been right. It must have, I must have constructed this reality. And my parents Wax house, totally baby. went along with it. Wax house, baby. And then she was describing getting an update from you a month later. And you apparently... <laughs> The second you stepped out of the barbershop, <laughs> looked it up on the internet, realized you were wrong, <laughs> said, oh, well, and then just went home and never oh, no. bothered correcting. Yeah. Wait, Nick told you that part? No, she no, found she, out much later. I, I, told, that I, told, like, I told her that. Yeah. stepped out of the store, like looked it yeah. up immediately on the internet, <laughs> been like, oh, I guess she was right the whole time. Whatever. And instead of like popping back in, and and <laughs> oh, Nick just said I won, and I don't yeah. care that your perception of the world is now like fake news that I created. <laughs> yes. I I'm right. Mm -hmm. Yep, you are part of the problem, my dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know uh, if that's entirely true. I think I actually texted her or something. She, oh God, that's that's uh, the self healing rationalization process yeah. in action. I'm sure I made good. Yeah. I'm sure I'm I not can, a bad I can, person. I can make that up. <laughs> Elephant show being not real or real feels like we should talk about uh oh yeah we have you're right wax have, house situations we have an e no you're oh, right yeah. we have an email about this actually that's, that's a, a good, good point. that's a good idea um let's see here is it worth reiterating what the fuck wax house is from yeah, last week we should we should so if you if you didn't if you're new to the show or if you didn't hear last week's podcast um, you should hear last week's you podcast you definitely should just listen to it but for for the benefit of this episode uh, we will quickly recap it which is that we got an email last week from a podcast listener who revealed that five to seven years ago, he saw the, the movie Wax House. You mean House of Wax. Starring Paris Hilton, the remake of Wax House. It's called House of Wax. And found it so terrible and incomprehensible that he considered it his personal duty to go onto the page's equally lackluster, the, the movie's equally lackluster Wikipedia page and improve the, the plot summary and details around the film to make it somewhat more comprehensible. 
Which he did. Um, but then, as sort of a calling card... And a little treat to himself, I think he described. a treat to himself, mm. on the spur of the moment, he decided to um, dip back into editing the Wikipedia article and add a parenthetical that the film's original working title, not working title, the film's original intended public release title was Wax House, baby, uh, which he then supported with an entirely invented quote from producer Joel Silver, which he attributed to an episode, uh, I'm sorry, an it's, issue of yeah. a Canadian film magazine called Cine Action. But this, which this article no did not appear. Which was, is not a real article. Yeah. Uh, it's a real magazine, but not a real article. Yeah. So this edit survived for over half a decade, during which time it uh, propagated out to IMDb, to other movie sites. Uh, it's been cited in other places on the internet. Yeah. All by Various databases that scrape Wikipedia for this knowledge or use Wikipedia as a primary source. Yes. And uh, actually, someone email- <laughs> the actually the original perpetrator of this prank emailed us the day after our podcast went up uh, to let us know that there is that that next day a film podcast just a totally unrelated film podcast cited that story the wax house baby as the original title for wax house please it is house of wax uh, or house of wax sorry the film is called house of wax as <laughs> sorry as a completely legitimate bit of film history in this podcast after the Wikipedia entry had already been oh. reverted to no longer use that title. That's how deeply uh, this this amazing creation has um, permeated the internet and the, the sort of co- conversation around this shitty film. Apparently it was in a Fangoria podcast uh, that this happened at 48 minutes into the podcast on the episode that released on January 15th. So the podcast is called The Rants Macabre. It, it kind of grosses me out. Like that that part, as far as the remakes being like a sign of a bankrupt system, like this is exactly that. Uh, but as it relates to like being a remake, which it is not, apparently WB, um, <laughs> they, they went into production and even went as far as making posters with the original title, Wax House Baby. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. This is cited wow. as real reality. Real uh, I'm so glad that that even goes so far as to reference the fake quote about them making posters that said Wax uh-huh. House Baby. Yeah, yep, that's, yeah. A, that's a detail that was inserted into this Wikipedia article. Oh. Yeah, it's very good. Um, so uh, <clears throat> that is the grounding for when we refer to that Wax House thing. Yeah, we, we got a number of emails about sort of small versions of little like wikipedia bullshit but the the email or the story that surfaced the most uh in this style blew my mind and i had never heard of it before it was uh about uh someone who created an entire fictional version a uh, uh, fictional record of the tv show street sharks that wasn't a real show the tv show was real okay and it was on the air for i think two seasons uh-huh uh, it was like it was. I've never actually seen it. Street, so I would have believed Street you if you Sharks said is like is a it's a Ninja Turtles ripoff. It came out in okay. that era of like biker okay. mice from Mars uh, and like okay, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. cool animals. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, basically cool animals. The Street Sharks hate pizza, unlike the Ninja Turtles. Apparently, uh, wait for real. Yeah, that's a that's <laughs> quite a gambit if you're marketing <laughs> a, a show re- to children. Well, yeah, that's a that's a brazen. I, I'll move. say this: after reading this article about this person who created an entire fictional history of street sharks i don't know what to believe about street <laughs> sharks at all they might fucking love pizza okay. so it's uh they th- might be ambivalent this was an it. article on geek.com by someone named jordan minor and what he he talks about how he used the website tvtome.com which is sort of a proto version of wikia it was a it was a, mm. a, a tv fandom massive wiki style repository of information it was eventually bought by cnet and turned into tv.com and then sort of slowly atrophied and changed over time but it was sort of in the early 2000s it was one of the go-to places for like fan maintained canonical information about shows and in this article he talks about how you know really big popular shows at the time were super vetted and you had to like prove and source things to be able to be given an editor editorial access but he realized oh no one gives a shit about street sharks (laughs) so i could definitely become the editor and maintainer of the Street Sharks right. TV tome. And then 
he just went through and wrote different episode descriptions for all of the show. Like, just threw the show's <laughs> entire existence away. Uh, wow, really? The example that he, he gives... He overwrote... He said, uh, he said, here's the description of a real episode of Street Sharks called Shark to the Future. The Street Sharks are sent t- to a future where Dr. Pyranoid controls everything. They meet up with Ben's great-great-grandson, Benzini, and join the rebel forces. This is and real. That's real. And he went, well, okay... This is garbage. That it could means be, nothing. It could be anything. You could literally make it be anything. So yeah, season two, episode eight, uh, makeover. Strong yet sensitive, big slamu was always the most angered by his transformation into a street shark. But when he accidentally frightens, Wait, were a little, these like people this, most of the time? But then they turned into sharks. I guess so. Then they turned into sharks. Yes. Huh. But when he accidentally frightens a little girl into a coma, he runs off to find a cure. His frantic journey eventually leads him to Doctor Paradigm. He is brainwashed and sent to destroy the sharks. Can our heroes defeat their friends and hope to reverse the effects? And that's made up. That's just bullshit. That's yeah. That doesn't yeah. exist. He also created a fake fifth female street shark named Roxy, who worked. He worked into later seasons of the show. Wow. And like this goes on and on and on about how just this because data, presumably given what these shows were like, there were just no women characters. Yes. In he it. said he vaguely based it off of a not street shark female character called Rox, but just changed her uh-huh. character and entirely woven a fake story arc about her right. into I think a non-existent third wow. season. And this is like Wax House Baby times a billion because this information was on the internet, you know, now almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And it had its chance wow, to- Wow, seriously? it was in the early 2000s. Oh my God. It was like, uh, it was wow, a really right. early wiki. Yeah. And I think this information has since been expunged from this, from its sort of initial quote unquote canonical the source. Of the internet. But he links in this article to like, uh, street Sharks fa- uh, fan groups on Facebook that are clearly just like Facebook like harvesters that were like, if you grew up loving Roxy like we do. Oh, no, yes. So, yes. Uh, it's, it's just like, uh, it is it, it is the, the Wax House baby of Wax House Has babies. Has there been like a BuzzFeed retrospective about how Roxy was like the unsung <laughs> feminist hero of the... I- <laughs> 90s Saturday morning I, I don't I don't think so but the other thing that he did was claim that uh, Henry Winkler the Fonz was a guest voice on an episode of Street oh, Sharks that's pretty good that's and, a good and did claim. end up getting like I bet you didn't know Henry Winkler was on Street Sharks uh, <laughs> and like his he, Henry Winkler is still associated with this when you do Google searches for right. Street Sharks his face showed up and he said that when Street Sharks <laughs> ended up on Netflix uh, Henry Winkler was listed in the lists of, yes! of, of guest voices wow. along with Adam West who actually was in an episode of Street Sharks as wow. a guest voice so it was like Street Sharks, Adam West, Henry Winkler. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, so this this guy uh, fucking pulled it off to the max by getting in early enough on this level of yeah. of yeah uh, of this. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but That's again, super impressive. The thing and the his article ends with you might think I made all of this up and just to be clear, there's no way that I believe that I could have personally concocted this story without actually doing it and observing the results. But the fact that that you might not believe me at the end of this story kind of proves the point of everything <laughs> yeah, that I've done. Yeah, how do you prove it? How the fuck do you prove this ha- did or didn't happen? What do you do? Like You'd have to watch all of fucking exact, Street Sharks, exact, which is like the, which, the barrier to entry is so right, high. Exactly. Just fucking watching Street Sharks. Yeah, They're like, yeah. fine. I honestly don't care if it's real or not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, when you... When you the, the sort of matrix that is created by the existence of that Street Sharks thing, which is like... Information that is, in theory, very easily verifiable, but rests on something that is uh, so, um, you know, just not not part of the kind of current canon and conversation that right. no one bothers verifying it. Right. Because why would you? Um, and then the other, the sort of other end, Wax House Baby is a totally different angle on it because it's like, this is something that... It's a recent movie. Presumably a fair number of people have seen it, even though I assume that movie is not a big success. Uh, but it's an obscure piece of information. Like the, the the thing that was created wasn't like a plot detail that's very easily disproven by simply right. watching the right. film. It's like insider <clears throat> information that if you have no reason to know it's not true, why? how could you ever know? I mean, that's it is a plausible detail. It is relatively plausible, especially in the context of a schlocky film like that. So when you consider the possibility space that is created by those boundaries, which represent pretty I think the types. third the third data point here, I think, is Nick telling Landis that Sharon Lois and Bram's Elephant Show doesn't exist. <laughs> that one's pretty easy. I mean, that one is literally you just go on Google and search and say, oh, that exists. That's true. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, that that yeah. was... That was that's a different case, which is like, 
individual pseudo malicious gaslighting. That's mm. that's like that that is a di- that is a different scale. These other things are like they work because you're blasting them out onto this big canvas of our shared consciousness. Whereas the Nick and Landis elephant show thing is like a targeted thing where Nick was really relying on his personal relationship and trust built up between individual human beings to just completely mislead uh, another fellow human being with information that is blatantly false and easily verifiable. Uh, Fair enough. But the, the street sharks plus wax house baby, when you consider this sort of boundary, we'll by the way, we'll refer to based on what you just literally said, um, I'm going to refer to uh, Jordan Miner's Street Sharks continuity as Street Sharks Plus. <laughs> <laughs> so between Wax House Baby and Street Sharks Plus, uh, a pretty broad, I think, canvas, a, a pretty broad possibility space is created in terms of how much information may or may not be r- real on the internet. Not in terms of things like current news which cycles really, really, really fast. So like with news, it's one thing because someone makes a claim and then you instantly have a ton of different conflicting versions of the truth and then people self-select for the one that they like. This is totally different, which is that this is information that is basically already old and not politicized in the sense that no one has an agenda about street sharks or wax or house of wax. Uh, and so you can just kind of like slip this shit in under the radar. And like, I could easily imagine someone, a sort of copycat, uh, killer basically who sees this shit and then just, you know, spends the next couple decades slowly worming weird, slightly historically revisionist but completely worthless and inconsequential information all across the internet you could totally do that and and i bet you could do it while putting your name on it on wikipedia and building up a reputation as a trusted and respected member of the editing community as long as you wait the proportion of real information to made up information so that it balances in your favor yes and you have you end up with like a huge you could build up a huge like potentially decades long edit history of just slightly touching garbage. Yeah, <laughs> as long as you're also just correcting real things along the, the way. Millennials Cultural Foundation has has shifted and and is just rotten now after after all of this happens. Yeah, I mean if you can't trust uh, the t- you know Street Sharks canonical history. Yeah, uh, what hmm. can you trust? That's yeah. I mean, literally nothing. Obviously, anyway. Uh, but our, our cultural foundations are built on landfill, apparently, on yes. fucking street sharks yeah. and wax house baby. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 easily shifting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Streets of wax. Mm-hmm. The, well, sorry. The through line that I was trying to get to with the elephant show and street sharks and wax house and all of this stuff is that I feel like people have potent memories about all these stupid childhood brands and Uh, like TV shows that you watch forever and our generation especially places huge amount of like of import in identifying with and remembering these things and cherishing your shared memory of these things Mm -hmm. but they're actually just completely disposable garbage that you can flip a switch and change every detail of all of them any one of them is interchangeable and it doesn't matter and that's that's where Sharon Lose Bram's Elephant Show and Nick saying that wasn't on that show it was a different show I I feel like that that compare and Wax House Baby and and, uh, The Fonz was on Street Sharks like Right, literally, that stuff is just like a, a roulette wheel, or like a, it's like a like the uh-huh. um, like a bing, bingo machine, ping pong balls that come up that are like Ninja Turtles ripoff, starring sharks who hate pizza. <laughs> guest spot, <laughs> the Fonz, and you're right. like, oh, classic! I remember that. Yeah, like, th- yeah, that's that's the part of it that yeah. I feel like it, it w- the, the fact that Nick just could be like, oh, well, that was actually on a different children's entertainment show that's beloved, right? And she's like, oh, mm. oh, okay, I gu- yeah, I guess it was, right? Like that's y- just Nick, her. Yeah. That is not to besmirch Pachink- the elephant Pachinko show. Machines. That no, is not, not to besmirch the elephant show. It's no. a great show. I've learned that all three of those personalities were given uh, the like Queen's Order of Merit in Canada <laughs> Good. for services rendered to children's television. So, but you read that on TV, Tom. Be- <laughs> <right>. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
we we are definitely living in a we are all a generation prime yeah and, and for wax house baby and like the people who deface uh, street sharks I don't really have any agenda or point to make with this but I think that I think there is more than zero line to be drawn between the the value that people put in those memories and the ease with which they're defaced but keeps the emotional truth there for people and the way that you can manipulate actual meaningful news and people's yeah. ability t- yeah. and and desire to grab on even harder to that stuff as mm-hmm. they realize that the mm-hmm. sands underneath it are shifting and might not be true. Anyway, importantiftrue.com. Cool. <laughs> Hilarious! <laughs> this episode of Important If True is brought to you by a brand new sponsor. Who is, we assure you, is real. Quip, electric toothbrushes. Sent to your home with brush head refills every three months. And if you go to tryquip.com, you will get your first brush head refill absolutely free. I promise you, you have never heard this sponsor before. This is a brand new sponsor to this podcast. I've had a Quip toothbrush I checked, since I was a kid, Chris. This is I my childhood the toothbrush. historical record. <laughs> we have never, we're, we have accepted this sponsorship to really um, appeal to the nostalgia of all of the Important of True listeners who grew up with Quip toothbrushes as children. Uh, classic children's toothbrush brand now relaunched with a new adult toothbrush uh, to, to just really um, home in on all of those treasured memories you have of your kids' quip. Uh, I'm sure we all remember kids' quip. Yeah. Those Saturday morning commercials. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you will get your first brush head refill free. So just like when you were a child, your bristles will always be fresh and new and clean your teeth in that totally satisfying, uh, cathartic, I would say cathartic and sort of warm blanket of a parental embrace kind of way. That is tryquip.com slash thumbs. Ask your parents to help set it up. Batteries included. (laughs) That stuff plus like the Mandela effect stuff plus fake news all really does feel like there's depressing brain impulses that make it all actually real. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Nope, it's all real. It's all the same thing. I didn't realize it was, but now I know it was. Mm Mm-hmm. I knew it was all along, actually. (laughs) It was a wax house all along. Yep. (laughs) I was born in this wax house. <laughs> I'm gonna die, in, and I'm gonna die no, in it. Those, those in wax houses should not. Um, my crypto, we'll my cryptocurrency mining rig melted my wax house. <laughs> <laughs> Blockchains can't melt wax houses. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we have an email here from Leonardo. What? Noted Ninja Turtle. Noted Ninja Turtle. That's true. Uh, is he? Which one is he? Is he a party dude? Is he? No. I, I never watched that show. He's just. He's like the. He's the boring one. He's the boring. Sorry, one. but right. but the in this in this one, universe, right? no. <laughs> this Leonardo is surely interesting and hates pizza. That's true. <laughs> uh, I read that uh, in Encyclopedia Britannica. Leonardo writes: At some point last year, I received a very unusual call on my cell phone. It was an unknown number, but I picked it up because I was heavily applying to lots of jobs at the time. I said hello, and a woman answered. I said something like. Hi, this is Leo. Who's this? She said, hey, it's me. Can you come pick me up? I said, sorry, who is this? Her voice was unfamiliar to me. Something about the call sounded a little off. She laughed and said, oh, come on. It's me. You know who this is, don't you? (laughs) I wasn't completely unmoored yet. To be honest, the voice sounded real, but somewhat unnatural, maybe even nervous or vulnerable. I pressed her for a name and she started saying all kinds of flirty things. You know how cute I think you are, right? Things like that. I soon figured out this was some kind of robocall, but I couldn't determine for what purpose. What? At some point, I could, I laughed and said, holy shit, you're not real. This is a programmed recording, isn't it? I actually said this out loud on the phone. After a few slight delays, she started going through a bunch of canned responses. Why won't you come pick me up? It feels so good to talk to you. On and on, getting more erratic and strange. <laughs> if, I just, if I stayed silent, if I stayed silent, it would eventually go through a string of queries like, hey, are you still there? I can't hear you. Are you there? And so on. I played with a call for a while, and then eventually it hung up on me. I immediately Googled looking for what this call might have been to no avail. In the midst of my Googling, maybe 10 minutes later, my phone rang again. Different <laughs> unknown number. Hi, hi, this is Leo, I said, but on my guard. Hey, buddy, 
This time it was a guy's voice. I was still on edge from the, pre- from the previous call. I asked who it was, but he ignored my question. Instead, he started going on a rant. I can't remember all of it, but it started with, hey, you know who this is. I want to give you some advice. Does that sound good? You need to fix your life, man. And first of all, cut that hair. It's too long. No one wants to see that, man. Come on. This, this really... This really did unnerve me because I actually had very long hair at the time I received this call (laughs) past my shoulders. I got pretty freaked out. I didn't respond. He went through his own version of, are you still there, man? A few times and then hung up. The only thing I was able to find when I Googled this all was something like, maybe there are robocalls made to steal a person's voice imprint to mimic it for future use like identity theft, but I couldn't find very much on the topic. Jesus. I Googled the numbers that called me, but they didn't connect to anything either. They were New York City local where I live. Does this end with Leo getting a robocall from Leo? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, I mean, it very well might still. Any of this sound familiar or something you've heard before? Are robots calling humans to impersonate their voices to credit card companies? Should I cut my hair? Thanks for all the pods and sorry for the long email, Leonardo Fairman. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's intense. I know. I can't. It's just Lynchian. I don't know. <laughs> all I can think of is that, I mean, so I get a lot of, uh, something has happened in the last year where I just get tons of, of robocalls and marketing emails now and I never used to, which I assume means my phone number leaked out to one place yeah. and now I'm completely fucked forever. You escaped the, whatever the cell phone do not call database yeah, and now and you're now just... there's nothing I can ever <clears throat> do yep. because all the people calling me are clearly don't respect that database because why would they bother to? Um, so I just get calls all the time and I've never gotten anything this dramatic, certainly, but I definitely get a lot of calls that are just inexplicable. Um, like even just this morning, walking over, the same number called me three times and hung up each time without doing anything and just called me and then called me and then called me. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? And I Googled the number and it, and I just found one other person who was like, it called me three times and hung up. <laughs> and I was like, what the, what the hell? Like, that person what? died one week later. Yeah. 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 20, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so I. I feel so you know how on the internet at this point things just feel like they are governed by a sort of intelligence that is incredibly advanced but also completely pointless and kind of idiotic you you know like you'll get just just the way that like you you'll scroll the bottom of an article and there's like eight different recommendations for like this secret trick to like refinance your mortgage and then all of them show a picture of like a moldy toe or something and you're like what the (laughs) who the who the no human being would what is any of this like why does everything on like in the on the internet just run on some weird like i i like nick like you said some strange just like lynchian matrix of imagery and language and sort of weird cross connections uh and so all i can think of with leonardo's uh, robocall is that I mean part of me thinks that marketing is getting so, uh, sort of automated marketing is getting one so advanced two so fully stocked by sort of cross referenced data and kind of um, uh, like user behavior and and sort of starting points and then three autonomous um, that sometimes that at this point it just almost exists for its own sake. Oh, and for cheap. That's the last thing. It is so cheap to just have a machine send an email or make a phone call or something. Like all of the mm-hmm. barriers to traditional marketing, like placing sure. an ad on television or a newspaper or like sending someone a mailing in but, the but- post. All this, like, I, I, I feel like at this point there's some kind of weird automated marketing, uh, like, matrix that is self sustaining and just. Okay, sorry, runs by matrix, do you mean sake. like a rows and columns of data or the matrix? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the both, marketing both ma- what, is the what is the marketing matrix? That is a fucking good question. What is the marketing matrix? Because you say all this thing, all this stuff about, like, oh, it's affordable and, and uh, it can, you can just <laughs> easily make people call you and have voices ask you questions and tell you to cut your hair. Why? <laughs> I don't. Why? The moldy toe that talks about refinancing your home? (laughs) 
<laughs> at least you understand th- there's like yeah, there's th- a mortgage refinance company somewhere probably right. eight four thousand yeah. pop-ups behind this you you yeah. first on your journey to tunnel down to find out what that moldy toe means you're going to be exposed to ads that people are going to grift a uh, little like cpm off of you and yeah, then at everyone's the end making like an eighth of a cent at off the end if you manage that. it through that fucking gauntlet you will get scammed on a shitty mortgage right like, so then, someone and then mortgage but, companies will call you for three years but every day. the guy calling you to cut your hair like no one is making any money or, or anything off of that unless like unless there's a secret like it's, verizon has a lab of like no, of like narrative designers that are like we're going to engage people minutes are like, minutes co- are worthless everyone has so many minutes that we're not making fucking money off of overtime minutes anymore wait a minute we can cause people to get caught in algorithmically generated social networks of, of phone calls yeah. with strangers that are robots and they're just gonna st- how long can we keep these fucking idiots yeah. on the line with these random people telling them yeah. facts and then this technology will eventually be licensed by the FBI and local police departments to trace phone calls of suspected criminals <laughs> because they found that the traditional method of like calling the person in good faith and just convincing them to stay on the phone while they trace the call has been everyone knows that because of movies now yeah, like, oh, they're, like, they're oh, tracing like, the call but if someone's like hey bro cut your hair like, what, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> how did you know how did you know are you still there hey dude oh what's up what's up <laughs> come pick me up come pick me you up you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they hung up, they hung up. Okay, deploy haircut, bro. <laughs> Sexy pickup lady isn't panning out. <laughs> Get slightly angry haircut, bro. For, so for, for procedural crime-solving... <laughs> phone tracing shenanigans and also to finally get people into those deep 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 overtime <laughs> minutes we've invented a crazy botnet of, of conversational specialists as we call yeah. them yeah. eventually there will be congressional legislation that you have to identify the like ultimate source of this because there's entrapment are you a conversational robot at the very end of this before the guy calls up he just says paid for by Verizon <laughs> Hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All rights reserved. Uh, this person is not based on anyone living or, <laughs> or yeah, deceased. Yeah. The other thing is just like we live in, in the Bay Area, California, or Jake and I do now. And um, <laughs> I mean, I could, I mean, part of me is like conditioned to not even thinking, to like disregard the concept of kind of ultimate profit motive because. Every fucking company in this area is started with essentially the goal of like, oh, well, just once we get, <laughs> once we get enough users to our service, we'll get acquired or we'll monetize it somehow. Like that'll sort itself out but, down the line. But okay, <laughs> honestly, so so to <laughs> once, that point, once no, no, enough no. people are hooked Fuck. on this weird belligerent okay. haircut guy, then we can insert. Here's here's my real guess for what these robocalls could be. All right. Which is, it could actually be a New York-based startup that is testing speech recognition for voice-based assistant software. Oh. They just literally fucking annoy the shit out of people by catching them off guard and asking them a bunch of questions yeah. and then see how the person's response chases down yeah. uh, their right. stupid robot tree and what they're actually able to perfect by just annoying the shit out of everyone yeah. is people having weird conversations with what they don't know is an AI assistant at first. Yeah. And then their side funding model is that they is that tr- is they call sell, tracing stuff. Oh, is that the they hair sell <laughs> they sell non specific placement, yeah, to like the barbers <laughs> board of New York City <laughs> or like the sort yeah. of cab union to sort of seed the idea <laughs> of like getting picked up from a place, like calling a car, like getting your hair cut. Oh, if if she specifically says call a car, like Yeah. 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 Don't, not, no apps are mentioned. Yeah, yeah. like, right. pick me up. And if you can't, how about a unionized cabbie? You know, like... <laughs> look for the medallion. Look for the medallion, yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't... That's, that's all I got. That's how they've sort of kept themselves from be- getting in the city's bad graces like Uber and a lot of other startups. Right, yeah. That's They're like, the, no, no, okay, look, we're totally fucking our, up the phone system. Our weird... Our, look... <laughs> Say what you will about our weird made-up people who call you and like inexplicably right. tie up your phone We're line. friendly to the cab, to the taxi union. We uh, support we're local, friendly, local, local local barbers. We help the police department trace, uh, <laughs> trace call get calls on known criminals. <laughs> the strange, most worthless business. <laughs> Can you imagine working in that office every day? I mean, I, I mean, I guess then like 
They probably that would be the most interesting office. That would be the most. Would yeah. That office is an amazing place where it just like has cabbies and union reps walking around and like barbers (laughs) and and police officers and detectives (laughs) hovering over phones. Up and coming like wannabe sort of theater actors and and, right. You know, and then there's just banks of reel to reel tapes that you can like plug your headphones (laughs) into like an old switchboard and just say, "Hey, bro, get your hair cut. (laughs) (laughs) Come pick me up." Like, what? Wait, hold on a sec. Wait a second. You're saying this is already off reel to reel for sure, Chris. So it's an interactive system, but they're somehow running it on a tape-based. Yeah, like, that's what the waiting is. It's, it's going. It's, right. it's, it's yeah, 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 spooling yeah, yeah. banks like, and banks like of, of real reels. There's a guy who's playing one of those. <laughs> you like you know Mellotron. You know that instrument that is like it's a keyboard instrument. This was big in the 70s, and every key is individually hooked up to a small tape player, and each tape player has just a looped sample on it. So, like, the classical use of a Mellotron, I think I might have talked about this on a previous episode, I think actually. you did, yeah. I think I did, was that each key would have, like, a string section sample on it. So you hit the key for A, and then as long as the key is down, it's looping a tape sample of, uh, you know, a bunch of strings playing the note A. And so <laughs> in this tape-based, like, weird gaslighting phone tree business you could have like the most specialized job in the place is the guy who plays the like playback keyboard that you know when he depresses a key it plays back the tape sample of the person saying the thing so like this guy is like a maestro at the keys and he knows that (laughs) f sharp three is hey it's me can you come pick me up and then he knows like every different key of the thing is like a different character you're just describing like the the, the, like sort of uh more elegant version of just a schwarzenegger soundboard or something (laughs) yeah yeah exactly what you're actually describing is the laugh box do you know what that is is. that was uh used on sitcoms that were taped live and i think they would have a studio audience but the audience didn't always react perfectly or to the right level so there was actually a, a sound designer thing called the laugh box that was just a oh, big like a sweetener yeah but it, it works like a mellotron where it's tape loops oh wow but it's a different audience applause laughing and uh, like oh sounds yeah, and there were oh, people nice. who just played it like an organ oh, or like awesome. a giant typewriter or like a, like a courtroom stenographer yeah. keyboard but you would just be able to sort of play it to create different mixes of audience responses to sweeten up uh, wow. tv and that's why a lot of studio audiences sound super familiar because there's someone right. just because pl- you'd have a laugh box guy on your show, and they did this live. I believe so. It's amazing that they didn't do that in post. They employed. I think, well, I think a lot of that, a lot so of these cool. TV shows went out live. A lot of these TV shows would just be broadcast to homes, straight off of a New York or LA studio. Wow. I need to double check if the if the yeah. if the laugh box was live, but I'm pretty sure that it was used in, on talk shows. That's really cool. I mean, I guess <laughs> it must have been because if you were not doing it live, why would you bother inventing a real-time instrument, why wouldn't you just have a sound guy layer that stuff in in post? Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Well, I could also imagine the guy doing this in the weird New York fucked-up startup getting, like, sort of really into his art and starting to, like, create conversations between the voice. So you're on there. and You've gone in too deep. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, on the phone. It's like, hey, come pick me up. And then this other guy just bumps in, and he's like, yo, cut your hair, bro. And then the lady responds to him. And she's like, well, I mean, I can't This is now getting into a, like, uh, being John Malkovich style situation where this guy is like the puppet master of these things but then they start becoming real and infecting yeah, his life right and then he also ends up really he has like one person he calls who he, he just, knows like, is real obsessed with giving the perfect experience to right. but that person still has no idea what's going on so like at 4am he's woken up by this weird phone call where two like robot people yell at each other about sure. haircuts and oh uh, Chris that person's lifeline who is a real person who he likes talking to eventually is going to be revealed to be on a separate set of reel-to-reels deeper oh, yeah. inside of the oh, building, fuck. for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, But then it's ambiguous as to whether or not those are recordings from his calls or if that person has been right. generated the entire time. Yeah, eventually time. this whole movie is just going to zoom out into a cross, like a rear window s- style <laughs> or um, uh, cross-section of just the whole facility with dozens of people all like plugging in the switchboard just stuff rooting each other's lives <laughs> thinking they're doing something very fishing each other I was just there, I used of, the sentence uh, uh, but uh, all these people in this in the same space ruining each other's lives thinking they're doing something important <laughs> right. and that camera then just views out to show the city in right. which we're recording this podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
mm-hmm. so the the laugh box was apparently used. I I just looked it up on Wikipedia when you were talking about that horrible thing. Uh, <laughs> it was used uh, on live shows. The this, the one they cite is the Jack Benny program. But as in the fifties, as live TV sort of started to f- to get replaced by pre-taping stuff, the laugh box became super used. So it started off being used huh. a little bit in live, but it's it's <clears throat> it's gained major success as a way to sound score. Uh, things that were edited in post to sound like they were live. So it's just, I guess, because it was just a really efficient way of doing it. And it's super reliable. They said that audiences just didn't always respond to the way that you'd want them to. Yeah, yeah. sure. But I mean, the fact that they needed this like specialized instrument for it is totally fascinating to me. It seems like it was such a common thing to want studio audiences that this guy could just bring in a box and you wouldn't have to spool and unspool a bunch of multi-track editing. You could just have a guy run it like a musical instrument of an audience. That's really cool. I feel like that totally bolsters my suspicion that there would be a at least like a rogue agent inside this strange uh, startup who would get so involved in the intricacies and, and artistry yeah, of that, his craft. Yeah, that thing that, was called The Laugh Box, and it was made by someone named Charles Roland Charlie Douglas. So it's my my assumption. Well, Charles Roland Charlie? Yeah. What? The, the Charlie's in quotes. That, that just refers to his first name, Charles. Yeah, well, who knows, Chris? So this is, I, I'm sure we've stumbled upon someone who's trying to bring back The Laugh Box. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Leonardo, we nailed it. We got it right. Whew, it. That took a long time to get there, but we did. Yep. We got to exactly the f- correct answer. Uh, tell it to Charlie. <clears throat> tell, it to ch- tell it to Charlie. <laughs> yep. Um, and he will record it and then just sell it to Amazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just our <laughs> fractal gaslight reality. Uh, well, shall we endorse? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Jake, what is your endorsement? I would like to endorse a podcast. It's actually, Chris, it's a podcast I was just telling you about the other day. It's the. It's I a, knew it. I knew this was going to be your endorsement. It's easy. Yep. Uh, it's a podcast called The Director's Cut. It's a podcast made by the Directors Guild of America. Uh, it's a podcast that it seems like a surprisingly small number of people know about for what it I is. I had never heard about it. Which is, um, it's a podcast of film directors interviewing other film directors about very recent movies. It's... Uh, Yep. It's. I think it, they, what the podcast more or less is is Q and A sessions from Directors Guild of America screenings at their main theater in Los Angeles. Um, it's. So, but what that means is you'll end up with uh, a podcast episode in which uh, Quentin Tarantino is interviewed by Christopher Nolan about The Hateful Eight, or a recent episode where Patty Jenkins interviews Steven Spielberg about the movie The Post or I'm very excited to listen to that or one. Spike Jones interviews Ryan Johnson about Star Wars The Last Jedi like it's the combination of the named the big named Hollywood the directors that they have interviewing each other about their movies is it's surprising when you just list, read through the names yeah, of, it's on this podcast yeah list names yeah, basically uh, yeah. That does mean that the episodes are honestly pretty hit or miss. Like some of these people just aren't great interviewers and sometimes the director isn't in a space to talk about their movie either with distance or just because the Q&A is weird or frankness. But if it's a movie you're interested in and one of the two director's names is uh, is someone you're interested in, it's always worth at least sort of dipping a toe in because some of them are really good. Mm -hmm. Who was it who interviewed P.T. Anderson about Phantom Thread? Uh, Ryan Johnson. Oh wow, that's really interesting. Yep, and there's uh, there's also an episode. If the, their very first episode was Martin Scorsese interviewing Steven Spielberg about Bridge of Spies. Huh. It's like these just it's just a ridiculous collection of people. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't listened to any of these yet, but the two I have downloaded are Phantom Thread with Paul Thomas Anderson and Ryan Johnson, yeah. and The Post with Steven Spielberg and Patty Jenkins. And I'm really excited about both of those. Oh yeah, there's there's an episode where Paul Thomas Anderson interviews Adam McKay about The Big Short. Hmm. Like it's just it's the it's a it's a cool. Thing. It seems like they've only been doing it for a few years. God, it really does. I mean, I know this is such so obvious to everyone, but uh, it is really shocking how much this reveals how just all directors are white guys. Yep, it's really, mm-hmm. like, it's really notable. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, more than yeah. Almost Patty any Jenkins. Other Patty Jenkins showing up for the post is is uh, like one of the few women yeah, in this entire that's, podcast. Yeah, that's a bummer. But it does seem like a super interesting. Yep. Uh, cool. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Yeah. Um, that's the director's cut. By the Directors Guild of America. Yep. Cool. Chris, what are you endorsing? Um, I am endorsing... um, (laughs) What am I endorsing? Oh, my endorsement is sort of a sequel, I realized, um, almost an echo of my last week's endorsement. (laughs) I thought you were about to say almost a threequel. (laughs) You could call it a squeakquel to last week's um, 
endorsement in which I described my uh, recent purchase of a very large hard drive and then my sort of collecting and archiving all of my computer crap that has accrued over the last like decade and a half onto it and in the process sort of going through all of those digital memories and and um, s- sort of like scrubbing through uh, you know half of almost half of my life basically um, I don't didn't really plan this but in the intervening week I ended up actually doing the same thing with all of my physical memorabilia um, I don't know if, if you guys do this at all but uh, I in general, I like getting rid of stuff. I don't like acquire, like sort of having t- a lot of physical things, except for two categories of things I can just not ever bring myself to to get rid of. Uh, one is um, media, really specifically books and music. Um, so I, I I just almost never get rid of books, and I almost never get rid of records or CDs uh, for just I don't I, I just and the other I imagine is hair and fingernails. The, <laughs> yeah. The other is newspapers. Uh, no, the other is... <laughs> Old National yeah. Geographic back issues. Yep. Um, <laughs> the other is just like the memorabilia that I pick up from like... Video game trade shows. Oh, God, Christ. Um, uh, Sorry. That was true for a while. I know. Until it all went in the garbage. Uh, but um, uh, no, I mean stuff like tickets to like museums in other cities or, you know, if you... Uh, get a postcard from someone who is in another country or, you know, just like anything that is super specific. It's like just scrapbooky stuff, right? Scrapbooky stuff. I've never actually made a scrapbook, but I can never bring myself to... That's not true. It's, I mean, I I don't save all... I don't save receipts and shit, but just like <laughs> anything that is has sort of some like <laughs> physical... <Sorry. laughs> Here's a scrapbook of my life, and it's just like... <laughs> every Every time I've you went made. to fucking Subway for yeah, a sandwich. Right, yeah. So... Th- uh, this this past weekend, I took a just big sort of collapsible file folder box that I got on Amazon for like $10 and put some file folders in it. You know, the sort of hanging files yeah. that go in a, in a file cabinet. Mm-hmm. But this is a, a sort of small portable um, box that holds letter-sized file folders and um, is collapsible. Like you can sort of unclasp it and fold it down. Um, and I just sorted everything... I took all that crap, I separated it out between greeting cards and postcards, and then just all the other stuff. I put all the greeting cards and postcards into a shoebox, because they could just stack flat, and then I put all the other crap into just like three, basically really roughly sorted three different folders, which was stuff that was specific to me, stuff that was specific to Sarah, my wife, and then stuff that was from shared things we did. Mm -hmm. And I just put them all in there, and then in the process, I sort of went through this just whole weird catalog of stuff. I didn't get like really detailed about it. Right, and then you're like, wow, through I, it, I did see Transformers too. I threw away a ton of stuff as a result. So one, I freed up a bunch of space. Two, I consolidated a bunch of stuff. And three, I had, a, for the second week running, another kind of nice nostalgia blast uh, from my life. So I would recommend buying a file folder box and some file file hanging file, file folders and uh, if you have just th- like sort of paper-based ephemera in your life that's accruing, uh, go through it and put it away and save up a bunch of storage space it's, in yeah, your home. That's nice. It's good to review all that stuff because then you could sort of clear out some cruft and you can throw away any of the, the ones that don't represent memories you believe to be real. Exactly. Yeah, you can – exactly. You can cross-reference um, all of your – uh, memories and deeply held beliefs about your childhood, and then when you find conflicts, you put them in the trash can and never think about them again. Right, like this isn't return, on TV tome. Exactly, and return to the comforting embrace of of the truth of the truth. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's my endorsement. Nick, what is your endorsement? Uh, I'm going to endorse a really specific dorky cooking thing because I haven't done that in a while. Uh, yeah. It's um, to reverse sear your cheeseburger. What? Uh, which sounds so. <laughs> That's a Tony Hawk that move. Sound, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, like I know, I know. It sounds like yeah. Hold you the the slot yep. machine thing with foodie. Terms. <laughs> that is a definite right. Street Sharks catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hate pizza. Love those reverse seared. Reverse seared. Reverse seared cheeseburger. Reverse seared cheeseburger, bro. I heard you're making a cheeseburger. Why don't you reverse sear it? Yo, bro. You still there? Did you get your haircut yet? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so a man called me and told me to do that. And Berg? I did it. Uh, <laughs> it uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Jesus. Um, well, anyway. That's what that call was doing. That call was trying that to call, turn that guy to oh, a bro. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Yeah, what was that last yeah. week that we talked yeah. about that? The guy who we tried to teach to like- These calls are all his friends Pavlovian response. To, to not be a bro. To like not become a- Not say bro so much anymore. That's who this fucking guy was. That's who the guy on the phone was. It's like, yo, bro, cut your hair, bro. Bro. Hey, bro. Like, I'm going to keep oh, calling you, bro. This is so unappealing. Yeah, I hate this. This man is distasteful it. to the extreme. Don't say to the extreme. <laughs> I'm sorry, to the max. Ah, oh, oh, Sorry, totes extreme. Ah. Totes extreme. Fuck off. So, Nick, you reverse seared your cheeseburger. What does that mean? Sorry. What does it mean? What, what is it? Oh, uh, I don't know. So, I, I just. What is I, reverse like, sear your cheeseburger uh, yeah, for yeah. 500, Alex? <laughs> I have found three. This is what Wikipedia says for seared cheeseburger. <laughs> sorry. Searing your cheeseburger, also referred to as reverse searing your cheeseburger. Yeah. Joel Silver's cheeseburger. <laughs> um. I okay. Uh, I'll just get this out really quickly. I, <laughs> Good I yeah, apparently. Well, no. I mean, this has already gone on forever. So, uh, cheeseburgers. I like cheeseburgers. I have a. I have a frustrating. <laughs> I like cheeseburgers. Sorry, I like, I'm gonna get oh this out of the way quickly. I like cheeseburgers. <laughs> let me now. Let me before I get I think the first cheeseburger that I, I ever t- tasted. <laughs> <laughs> now, before I can tell you about reversing your cheeseburger, of course, I have to tell you about cheeseburgers. <laughs> Before you can create reverse your cheeseburger from scratch, you must invent the universe. <laughs> Nick Brackett. You must like cheeseburgers. <laughs> sorry, Nick. I'm not sorry, but go ahead. Should, should I go? Yes. Okay. I think you should. I think okay. I think that would be best. Okay. Uh, I like cheeseburgers. Uh, yeah, we got that part. Um. No, I there you know there are two types there's a, there are two schools of burger thought. There's the there's what? <laughs> this is, no, no, this no. is still Nick, this is very Socratic. Sorry, I'm really I'm actually Jesus just really Christ. Nick. I, okay, sorry. Uh, Jeez, Jesus Christ recommends reverse searing your I actually really want to hear this. The fact that he's outlining it in this way, I'm really enjoying it and that's I I I'm in, I'm enjoying I'm savoring this, Nick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I will one day save it or You're reverse your cheeseburger. Your teeth into this yeah, I'm relishing it. Yeah. Mm. Mayonnaise. No, I I wasn't. Uh-huh. I, I am Nick. So there's two schools of cheeseburger there's thought. Two schools of cheeseburger thought. What's you, what's school one? School one would be the the smash burger, which is the which is the really? seems to be that's in vogue school lately. one. Yeah, okay. I think it is at this point. All right. Um, so that's when you. I mean, that's it's, when it's you attempting put the to replicate. It's attempting to replicate in. something like like an In-N-Out burger, where you just okay. smash the burger down into nothing and then cook it really quickly. Which then, basically, because you're cooking so quickly, you're not going to burn it, uh, right. and so you know. You're, so you're getting you're a good crust on the exterior. You're getting the crust and a nice but, sort of medium rare interior. Yeah, and it's okay. fast, and you're and yep. you're not yeah. Sounds and good. then people also, you know, I I also occasionally like a just like thick ass. This is school like two pub. Yeah, I would say school yeah. two is just the big ass pub burger. It's the just sort the of thing fancy that you, burger. Well, it's not fancy so much as it is. But just, no, it's when you go to a nice restaurant, you get a yeah, big, sure. thick. But yeah. I don't like it. It's yet. a tall. If you go to a steakhouse, you get that big burger. <laughs> anyway, if you want the big burger, and you don't want to ruin Sorry. it, which it's basically impossible to ruin or to not ruin it if you're if you're cooking it just like on a stovetop because you're just right. you're, you're trying to just like get heat into the middle of like a massive burger it's yeah, impossible yeah, yeah. yeah you just throw it in the oven for, at 200 degrees uh-huh. and just cook it until like just like you would like a steak at this point if you re- reverse sear a steak you or just like a meatloaf really basically yeah, yeah i mean you just cook it really really slowly for like 20 so it just slowly reaches minutes. the intended internal slowly reaches the intended thing and then the you, outside of it yeah. presumably yeah and then you yeah. sear it on the <laughs> stove and it's just like it's a no-brainer i don't know why so what is the reverse why is it a reverse? How do you reverse that? Is, is, is no, no, that's no, that is the reverse sear. I mean, the reverse sear being you don't. What's you don't, the regular like, sear? It's 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 you sear it after as opposed to searing it, you know, at the beginning. He's saying instead of searing it to cook it, you cook it from the inside by raising its internal temperature, then sear it at the end. It's okay. not actually reverse. It's just a post sear. Well, yeah, basically, yeah. All right, I mean, the they call sear. it, you know, like like you know, cooks call it the reverse sear method. I, I, yeah, it's not technically uh-huh. accurate. anyway. It's a it's the, it, it's a good way to make a cheeseburger. It's it uh, it's fine. Is there a can we is there a guide we can link to about this? Yeah, there's a recipe I can. I can okay, we'll put it in there. It's a serious eats thing. Yeah. 
All right, that wraps it up for this episode of Important of Truth. Thank you for joining us. Oh, you're on, welcome. On this podcast. If you like this show, please consider recommending it to a friend or hell, a family member. I don't even know that I've said that before. You could recommend it to literally anyone wow. and we will be equally appreciative. Uh, our website is importantiftrue.com and there you can find all the places our uh, podcast and sort of general presence can be found on the internet. And if you have a question for us, if you need us to solve some kind of problem or give you some advice about something or other, figure something out, you can send that to questions at importantiftrue.com and we, as usual, will do our very best. Um, if you would like an ad-free version of this podcast, head over to patreon.com slash idlethumbs and the details of how to sign up for that are explained. And... Um, that's about it for this episode of Import of True. Thank you so much for joining us. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Reckon. I'm Jake Rodkin. Wax House, baby. No, no. Someone on the forum called you out for that. You cannot, you cannot dilute the meaning of Wax House, baby, by saying it at the end of the episode. I think that Wax House, that's like, you just can't. Yeah. I feel like you can say, you can stay spicy because that's what that actually means, but uh-huh. don't say Wax House, baby, because that just, Wax House, baby, means, it has meaning, Chris. You can't destroy our language like this. I mean, I can. I don't I want you to. But I think what you're doing is recommending I not. I'm I recommending you don't. I think the potency I, of Wax House Baby think, should not be ignored, and it should, in fact, be preserved. I think that's fair enough. I think your secondary endorsement is not destroying our shared language. Yeah. And I think that that's fair enough. And my, my tertiary endorsement is stay spicy. She told me a story that was absolutely phenomenal. I'll have to sit here and try to remember what it was. Uh, it was so good. I immediately just said, this is content, and I want you to tell it to Chris. Oh, and man. Then, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, God. I don't even have to fi- was it the thing out. with the Israeli general? Yes. Oh, oh, my God. I don't know if it's content, actually, but it's that was yeah. an insane story. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that Landis story, by the way. I, Nick, I feel like before that comes up, one of us has to, or maybe both of us collaboratively have to like write it out or something because I don't trust certainly myself to ad lib that from memory. Nick, I'm sorry for stepping on your hamburger. <laughs> That's what we call the reverse sear is when Nick starts telling an endorsement and then we turn it back around. And then we roast, and roast him. him carefully and slowly to 200 degrees. Would <laughs> be ruin his endorsement, as I like to call it. <laughs> you know what I mean. All right, bye. Bye, everyone. See you on the internet, Nick.